should now be live on the interweb. We are. Hello. Superb. Hello, Hello everyone. And welcome back to Fires of Athlete's Weekly Dev Corner. We'll actually come up with a decent name for it um, when we stop arguing about it. Um, we're joined this week by Harriet, uh, Rob, and Mike, aka Bavar, Morton, and Eric, um, to look over the events of episode four, The Great Escape, or Prologue Part Four. Um, and look back over the prologue as a whole and discuss with the players their journey so far and what they've thought of it. So we'll dive straight into that. Um, it is all about you guys tonight because I'm tired of doing all the talking. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump straight in and say, uh, right, uh, we'll start with uh, Harriet. So what do you think as a whole? of the prologue um, and your character's journey so far? Well, the, the whole process of, of getting from uh, being on my own to, I kind of have a party right now. Not really, almost, it's, it's been quite fun. Um, I do love that like, it's not just being throwing you in going, okay, you're all together now, have fun. No, it's, it's much more, uh, um, <laughs> natural uh, in the way it feels and um <laughs> seeing Thavar was not having fun watching all the people she cared about basically die or almost die within like an hour that's not fun <laughs> so uh, but like the whole mechanics of, of each step of learning was amazing and um I think uh yeah <laughs> well, one of the good thing about killing NPCs off means I don't have to remember about them again. <laughs> poor Damn Gerald. you! Poor Gerald. <laughs> they're gone. They're dead. I don't have to worry about them anymore. And Gary. Gerald, Gary, and Granite. Oh, you hate that. people. And, and don't forget the other Gary. The other Gary that was there somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no there, there was only one. There was only one Gary. No, there were two at yeah, some point. No, no, no. There was two. There was another one in the and camp Gary. somewhere. <laughs> no, it was Jerry and Gary, I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> ah. yeah. Wow, they're all dead. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, but yeah, they're all dead now. So mm -hmm. <laughs> Ian doesn't have to remember any NPC. <laughs> if you kill the NPC off, you don't have to you don't have to make notes about him ever again. You just go, right, there we go. Not lying under him. <laughs> just think of somebody new. We should have tried to save as many NPCs as we possibly could <laughs> just to inconvenience Ian. <laughs> I saved two. I saved two. I just didn't get one of their names. Typical, right? <laughs> Typical adventurers always thinking about themselves. <laughs> I won. Typical I mean, Harriet came to save me, so yeah. <laughs> I tried to bribe but not to. Okay, same question for you, Eric. Uh, Mike? Eric. So, Mike. Um, <laughs> so learning the skills as we went along was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. um, and um, having the role play aspect of, like, you are actually practicing these techniques and these things that you need to do to increase your skill level and your knowledge of the skill. I think that is a massive, massive um, like boon to FOA itself mm -hmm. um, because it makes it feel more realistic. Or sorry, not realistic. Authentic. <laughs> authentic. <laughs> otherwise, we'll have, uh... otherwise, we'll have Neil in chat. I was going to say, we'll be here any second now just going authentic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, 
it, it's much more authentic to the real world. Like you would have to practice a skill to be able to take it out properly. And I love the fact that, that that was incorporated into what we have done so far. Yeah. And um, obviously my character in particular has had a little bit of downsides as well during this, mm -hmm. like the, this demo period almost. Mm -hmm. uh, and um like it's it's made it harder it has made it harder for me because it means that i have to think about what i'm doing when i'm doing it rather yeah. than just going oh i'm gonna cast this spell like fireball for instance and just go okay yeah there, there's now a fireball but i have to think about how i how i work my spells and as shown in the last session uh if i make a mistake that can impact the rest of the party as well. And also I have to think about my surroundings, how, uh, what, I mean, for, uh, for taking last session into account, um, obviously if, the, uh, if no one has seen it yet, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then um, we, it's spoiler alert, but we had a cave in and that was my fault. Um, I did ask for it. <laughs> you asked for it, but it was my fault, and it was my fault that it didn't go off as I wanted it to, because it was pitch black, and my character can't see in the dark. So I had a very high, uh, high DC for the role because of environmental factors that I forgot about and should have taken into account before even trying to cast. Ah, oh, you would have you would have failed it even if it was a fifteen. Uh, <laughs> it, it turns out if it, if it was a fifteen, then again, we'll get onto that specific situation later when we touch back on sorcery. Um, but obviously, I said it is a spoiler thing. But if you haven't watched it yet, then you can go back and uh, watch it anew, but with a bit of a spoiler. Um, so yeah, uh, same question for you, Rob. I'm enjoying it. You get to have um, a bit more interaction with everyone. Gives you a bit more reason to go and help people or not try and help some people um, <laughs> that you're going to end up being in the same party with um, and trying to actually have a reason to stick with people. I think that's the next big step. That is the reason why we're going to actually stay together. Coincidentally, at the moment, I think it's just because safety in numbers is better than being on your own. Yeah. Why are we going to stay together? Because we have no reasons at the moment. Not really. Apart from the fact that this forest is full of very big bears. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly. But it's... Oh, oh, yeah, we have a reason for now. <laughs> but but once we get back to civilization, what's our, <laughs> what's our reason going to be? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I crafted the prologue as it was, because obviously the typical genre um, the story is you all meet up, you all um, get hired for a random uh, random adventure, and then five minutes later, you're all best buds, and off you go. Whereas the reality is, if you were um, the mercenary adventuring type, you will go off, you get hired for the adventure, you come, you finish it, you get paid, and you will go away and look for new work. Um, <laughs> so from a story development and story creation point of view, I didn't want that. Um, 
a stereotypical thing because what pretty much everything in FOA has always been about trying to break those stereotypes. So I don't know, try and find a, a narrative-driven way to bring you all together and and so that the viewers and you as players can organically develop your relationship into all right. Fine, this is this is we were, we find ourselves brought together by fate or some sinister mechanism of a crazy old crane or whatever. Um, now we need a reason to stay together, and again, that's all in your lap. If you as players decide when we get to civilization thanks very much and off you go then i've got the headache of writing five different adventures of you <laughs> <laughs> but that's life right? but then it'd be like two adventures then one adventure and there'll be one of you left <laughs> uh, which person would that be <laughs> <laughs> yeah not sure last man standing i'll just put you in a room and let you fight it all out. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. How how did you feel about it as well, Ian? Um, no, for, from my point of view, again, obviously, um, from the mechanics of it, um, as I mentioned, I didn't want the stereotypical way. I wanted to, my, everything in FOA is tried to design to be as organic and story and narrative driven as possible. Everything from uh, OCD, organic character development, and skill mastery and spell mastery, the way that you saw Eric learning his skills, Morton and Favar training with. Uh, Handran and Granite, etc. Um, we try to bring the mechanics of the mechanics of the system into the story, as opposed to them just being something that sits outside. And all the story is is a narrative. Um, and then when you fight, then you revert to the mechanics of the system. I wanted a, a way to try and merge the two, and that's uh, basically what FOA is about. Uh, from my perspective, it was great. Um, um, good role playing and good character interaction between yourself and your mentors, and and the few times you were together, it was kind of difficult for for Neil and Musa, who's always off and away. Um, yeah. Like I said, these things were always designed specifically for Vic. Musa was that kind of isolationist type of character, so he would feel more comfortable out there. And again, you know, I needed a, a narrative to help bring into how he developed his his first set of pathfinder skills any way to do that was to have him working with a pathfinder away um for favar and morton sergeant matters existed and the fighting pits are a reason for them to learn to fight um so there was lots of little like uh, from a, a creation point of view um, i thought it went, went very well it played out i'm obviously listening back that were during editing and stuff like that. Um, I like the I liked how it all played out. Um, it played out more like um, a book, more like a uh, a film or a TV series, uh, which was really good um, because it it certainly wasn't a case where you felt like you were jumping from the system to the story, back to the system, to the story, the way that some some systems certainly some fights. Certainly when the fights came along, they were very narrative driven because the system drives, we have our combative narrative that the locational combat system and injury system helped to drive. Um, if you looked at the fight with uh, between Musa, with Musa, um, uh, Gerald, Gary and the bear and, and stuff, um, even the escape from the Centaurian forces where uh, Corporal Collins and uh, Gerald died all of those injuries were driven by the system 
it wasn't a case of me adding flavor it was the system generating a narrative through the fight which led to um uh gerald getting shot for the leg and rupturing his uh, femoral artery and or collins getting a punctured lung getting shot through the chest and stuff like that um which forced uh, collins to make that um sacrifice knowing that if he didn't slow the enemy down musa wouldn't get away and we were all dead and then essentially the, the, the attack would have been a surprise you would have found yourself sitting in a box with a demon ripping the lid off looking looking for breakfast yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was like that drove the narrative it, like I said, it all drove the story as opposed to in some systems when you go from the role play aspect into combat it was you kind of step away from what's happening in the narrative yeah a little bit. If, you get, if you get what i mean um whereas obviously everything that we've done so far is, is all the narrative has flowed yeah. so if you took away the mechanics systems like make an attack roll make a saving throw etc it would tell a very good story because again um, in other d20 systems and stuff like that when you do start the fight you step away from the story all you're doing is occasionally adding color commentary but a lot of the time uh, people make their attack roll and go right x amount of damage and that's it that's all you hear yeah and I, than uh, where, where they were hit and yeah. how they were hit yeah. with what weapon with what damage yeah like, yeah so um yeah you, you do lose a lot of that in um other other yeah. systems um because they don't go into detail about where things hit or how mm -hmm. things hit. Yeah. So, is a shame. But not, listen, from a systemic point of view, that's one of the reasons why our, um, everything that you've done tried to be, we said, if you go back to our, our um, prime tenants, one of our tenants is immersion. So everything that we built was designed to try and immerse you in the narrative, immerse you in the, in the world. And so the combat system was designed to do that. Um, Tavar and Morton's uh, bouts uh, in the fight in, in the fighting arena, whether it was their first ones or their death matches, um, and we'll get to now that we've got both Rob and Mike here. We'll get to Morton's uh, death match, which was again very a, quite graphic, but all driven by um, FOA's combat system, um, which. Would have, which could have and <laughs> probably should have resulted in Morton's demise. Um, but you got lucky. My point of view, having obviously done all the editing and so listening and listening back to it all and uh, watching it through to figure out which parts to, to edit out, etc. Um, it does tell a very good story. Um, and it's a lot more organic. Yeah, it's a lot more organic. You, you you don't feel that you're jumping between systemics and role playing. Mm. Um, it feels it feels a lot more a lot more fluid, which obviously from FOA's designer and creator's point of view, I'm very happy with. Um, obviously, the testament to that is not whether I feel it; it's whether yourselves and people that watch and the people that will eventually play FOA feel the same way. Um, but from my point of view, because obviously um, from a developer's point of view. I don't want to be crass. I don't want to be like selfish. But only in the day I'm building this game for me. Mm. I'm not trying to build it for everybody. 
and if people enjoy it, it's wonderful, brilliant. But the most important thing to me is whether I enjoy it, sitting in the DM chair, and whether you guys, my friends, are enjoying it as well. Um, and if other people enjoy it, fab. But the imp most important thing is whether we enjoy it. Um, I'm certainly enjoy sitting in the DM chair because um, there's something I will touch on on Saturday when I do the the uh, GM's Dev Corner. Um, is the reasons why I enjoy it. Um, one of those primary reasons is I've got a lot of creative freedom. Like in other G20 systems, um, I feel constricted by the rules, constricted by uh, the way that GM tools and stuff are laid out. Whereas obviously in FRA and something I'll touch on on Saturday, every single one of the encounters you've had, whether it was your uh, arena fights or death matches or Neil's fight with the bear or the, the fight with Nalor and stuff like that, um, I made him up on the spot. Well, I knew the encounters were going to be there, but as far as the stats were concerned, I made them up there and then because I'm used to the creative license and the creative freedom. And that's the type of thing that I want everyone else to have. And level one, level one, level two monsters and bears and stuff like that are really easy to build once you understand the math behind that right. Um, and that's something that we'll be touching on next week. But yeah, I, I've really enjoyed, I've kind of, I've enjoyed watching it back and listening to, uh, listening to it in podcast form and stuff like that. Cringing at the um, accents, but we're from the West Country. We get nothing we can do about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Otherwise, fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying all your characters. I've thoroughly enjoyed um, uh, Kader's seduction. Um, really, enjoyed, really, really enjoyed playing. Um, it's not a cult. It's not a cult. <laughs> I, 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 I will, I will put that to bed right now. It very much is a cult. <laughs> yeah, but everyone who's in it is going to say it's not a cult. No, no, no. Yes, right. It's a cult. The, that entire class, that entire religion, <laughs> is a cult. It's a cult. <laughs> Definitely not a cult. But no, no, it, it's not a cult because technically there is a, a greater power behind it. There is a great power behind it. <laughs> so it's, technically, it's not a cult. It's, it's, not, um, it's not worshipping worshiping some guy who thinks he's a deity. It's um, Barakos is one of the two prime power prime powers in the universe. Um, <laughs> but it was very it was, again. Shane Amber's not here, so I'm just something I've got to save until she's next year. Yeah, it was yeah. really good the way that interacted and. Um, I thought it was a very good portrayal of, uh, certainly a different portrayal of someone who is, by other definitions, evil, even though we don't use that term in FOA. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was just a different perspective on the universe and a different perspective on life, because certainly if you hear some woman talking about um, demons and the ascension from mortal life to infernal life and calling it evolution, um, you tend to think that she's batshit crazy um, and, and is evil as hell, which well, technically she is, but um, <laughs> she had a, um, a very different perspective on the universe. Um, and it was something I really enjoyed playing out. It's one of the reasons why I enjoy the very darker and evil side of the world of FOA because it's designed not to be your stereotypical evil, it's designed to be very fuzzy and grey, even when we meet later on, when we meet some of the so-called good guys. <laughs> um, 
and what you did, you met Sir Torben, and Sir Torben wasn't exactly your stereotypical paladin. Yeah. Um, he, he was quite happy to take some guy outside and ram a sword through his chest, simply because um, he was connected to slavers. Um, and the Order of the Storm are like that. They're kind of, they're not your stereotypical paladins. I still find it amazing that he got off easier than we did. <laughs> yeah, that's because right. he had the money to get away with it. Um, and he entertained the judge by slapping Was, was, it, was, it, <laughs> was it really because he had the money? I think it was... Yeah, he, could, he, could he was an NPC, that's why he got away yeah. with it. He, <laughs> could, he, he could afford to pay his fine. Um, and he was also, technically and legally, as, um, Sir Red, as uh, the Honourable, Honourable Reginald Clark, um, <laughs> Uh, and obviously we'll uh we'll have we'll see him again at some stage um point out and um she oh, was right doing a, she was doing a public service she was attempting attempting to apprehend people involved in illicit um endeavors he was arrested that's what morton was doing uh whoa 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 illicit endeavors no 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 that was illicit endeavors he was trying to solve those illicit endeavors no that's not what cheating is i'm afraid <laughs> cheating it's not is what not the lord endeavors. It's, it's called betting and winning <laughs> and that looks like the whole point of um sir Torben's arrest was to point out the fact that even though you as adventurers may one day go on to do good things like uh, break up a group of slavers and uh, or uh, stuff like that um you still have to explain yourself and you never really see because usually when you do it you see people uh the dm just glosses over it or um the players just turn around and go oh he was a slaver and you go, if the city watcher are unaware of it then maybe turns around and says prove it no he's dead now i can't yeah you can't you can't <laughs> prove it so so Torben couldn't prove it at the time of his arrest um because he didn't have um Alana with him. So if he got arrested, went to court, and by the time the squire and Alana were able to show up, there was that organic narrative to it. And the same thing will happen to you as players. If you, when you go on to do good things and when you go on to be heroes, um, you may have to explain yourself along the way rather than the usual, oh, because we've, we've saved the day, everything's fine and dandy. Um, or bribe. Yeah, or bribe. Or Athene <laughs> works very well on bribes. It doesn't <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cool yeah. i'm currently broke <laughs> yeah, you are. and again that was another really good uh thing that um i felt we started it starting with zero with nothing no weapons no armor no class no anything um rather than the usual you start your adventure and you get to spend a hundred gold or whatever uh on equipment and you buy stupid stuff like carts and stuff or whatever um, so starting you all off, you know, the players get to see you work and you will earn everything you find. Um, or steal it. Yeah, find it, steal it. And it, it, it just, for me, it just, it's a better narrative than, right, you all start at level three, you've all got this, you've got one or two magic items, blah, 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 the usual stuff. I wanted you guys to evolve with the store rather than starting with the holy avenger shoved up your bum i was very really <laughs> close to getting about 15 gold though <laughs> so, so close because so because the thing is i had taken seven gold with me to the um to the thing and had 15 gold total yeah so 
I still had eight gold hidden away in my um in what gold? You have no gold. You have no gold now. <laughs> you have no gold <laughs> now. Yes, but I had eight gold hidden. It doesn't away. matter. You you could have you could have paid your way out of here that night if you hadn't oh, you dribbled out your notes. If I hadn't got knocked out, yeah, <laughs> I would. I think I had twenty two gold total, yeah. um, and so I would have had two gold left over. Yeah. And, you only, and you only you only owe two. And you all only had um, just over two cranes. Well, I, I was the one who said that I definitely paid off my debts as I was yeah. going. Every, every, I'm everyone. not sure about anyone else. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Eric did. Yeah, no, I didn't. Eric was the only person who never paid off all I his debt. I did not pay my debt off at all. <laughs> I oh, yeah. what, what do I owe? Let's have a look. I think it was one gold and something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I One gold, two that. silver, six copper. And let's get our um, uh, uh, One crown, two shillings, six pennies. Yeah, it's copper pennies, silver yeah. shillings, gold crowns, and uh, platinum pieces, platinum sovereigns. Make sense. Our monetary values, there we go. Mm. So similar to other. Yeah. Some of the things that we've done aren't, uh, let's say, we've not attempted to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, we've just uh, reimagined a number of things. Um, some things are completely original, like sorcery, which we'll get onto in, in a second. Um, our combat system, though, is more, I wouldn't say it's a reimagining, it is new. Well, it's not new it's old yeah so it is reimagined it's something that has existed before in various forms um there are a lot of golden nuggets from Rollhammer and uh Rollhammer Rollmaster and Warhammer and other systems that I played uh, either tabletop or live action role playing um along the years all brought together and made to work functionally uh inside a d20 system because obviously we've used the uh, fifth edition uh, open game license to develop FOA. So, but pretty much all we've retained from 5e is a few spells and its core material, its core mechanics. <laughs> and the dice we use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like this, uh, the, that's the D20 system. Bless you, uh, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. I actually sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. <laughs> it, it did that horrible, painful thing. Mm -hmm. mm. So we'll, we'll quickly jump on to sorcery and its side effects because yeah. uh, in our first uh, corner we talked about um, sorcery being a, a new approach to magic. Sorcery is most definitely um, one of FOA's, as we say, crown jewels. Um, mm -hmm. It is new. Um, I've never experienced a system that um, has a magic system like sorcery, even though cause I'm glad we've got Morton here because during testing Rob played magic users mm -hmm. um as did i <laughs> as, as did yourself so but that they're more of a traditional d20 framework yeah. for a magic user as in you've got spell lists and you pick and memorize your spells etc yeah. that's nothing new that's particularly old fways um what we call lesser magic or uh lesser magic system the traditional d20 magic system is um where fway steps away is a, every single class has a unique set of spells, which um, all dealt with in a different way, which give 
uh, all the classes a different flavor. Um, there's one class, the Archimedes, which can pick spells from pretty much anywhere. Um, mm. which again, gives them a slightly different flavor. Um, and they're all individual and uh, they all give uh, a different identity to spellcasters, uh, whereas mm. systems uh, get spellcasters all picking from one block of spells. So you get a lot of overlaps. It doesn't matter whether you're a cleric, um, regardless of who your god is, you're all choosing from the same set of spells. Uh, so you get a lot of samey, samey. But sorcery went that different level further, where we just there are no spells in sorcery. You're the sorcerer. You create magic, mm. and all I do is the GM is keep you under control, um, and I do that by applying the the rules for sorcery. Uh, which I'm not going to tell anyone you know, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> or figure out just by watching is to be honest, it's not a huge leap of um, leap from one to the other. Um, I'm, I'm not a genius. I certainly won't claim that. Um, I think, I think people would find it difficult to figure out all of the mechanics of it. Yeah. And from from so from using sorcery like the player or you as the GM, if you're playing a uh, playing a, a creature or character with sorcery, you are the creator of your magic. You can pretty much do anything that your imagination allows you to come up with, and your GM simply acts as the laws of physics, the universe itself, mm -hmm. um, to try and keep you in, keep you in check. So, obviously, like with sorcery, even though Eric is a level one sorcerer, he could conceivably attempt to wish um, yeah. and bend the universe to his uh, to his will the odds are um, the DC for Eric to achieve this is going to be very high um, and trying to tell the universe how to reorder itself according to your wishes is a, isn't likely to go well <laughs> when it goes wrong <laughs> the universe the universe <laughs> the universe is likely to unmake you in in return yep um, so as a, as a game master and as we saw with the cave-in eric attempted to reach out and cause a cave-in because davar asked for a cave-in um <laughs> it, it was a good idea it was a good idea at the time it would have well, yeah it um, would have helped if we could see anything and eric hadn't you know been so exhausted yeah the funny thing as well was the fact that even before davar had said Calls a cave in. I was actually going to do it on my next turn anyway. <laughs> so it wasn't really my fault. <laughs> no, not really. Like Eric was literally thinking, "Hang on, if I call a cave in, they can't come and get us anymore." So therefore, <laughs> let's call the cave in. just hit things with a hammer. That's one of the good things with sorcery because you can, again, simply um, do whatever comes into uh, attempt to do whatever comes into your mind yeah, yeah. that type of power there needed to be that system of or checks and balances and that's I what mean, we call feedback in sorcery the universe pushing back when you can't control your will and uh, make mistakes and as eric was attempting to reach out into a mountain and eventually uh, cause an earthquake to attempt to vibrate it and make it come down yeah. i thought right by the dc Quickly did. Um, um, I believe I was talking about. Yeah, I was talking about. Um, say so you were you attempted to manifest something that was similar to a spell, such as earthquake. Hmm. Um, you were trying to reach beyond your visible range, so you were unaware of what it was doing. All these types of things start pushing up the DC. So as a GM, I'm 
I'm doing the math of right, how difficult is this task. It also, the GC went up even further because it's something you had never done before and you were unaware of how to cause an earthquake, um, so to speak, or shake the rocks. Even though you gave a good description, you said you were just going to try and shake the dust, but trying to shake half a mountain or half of a mine is something yeah. completely different. So the DC just went up and up. So I made it quite a difficult DC. There was still a chance to, to do it. Um, you know, I, uh, I think something around about... I think you said it was a DC of 20. Yeah, 20. I think you had something around a 15 to 20% chance of success. Yeah. Um, so, because you weren't trying to, again, because it was part of the narrative, it would have been a good idea. Mm. Um, then, yeah, brilliant. It set it from a GM point of view, set that DC to a point where it can succeed because yeah. you're trying to make life difficult for yourself. Then, obviously, it needs to be uh, uh, taken into account and, mm. um, and stuff like that. Which so, is something as a sorcerer. Uh, I think if you're ever going to try a sorcerer in this system, you do you need, need to know your DM. Yeah, you need well, not only the DM, but you also need to be aware of um, the situation that you're in and how your DM might interpret that situation when trying to cast something as yeah. a sorcerer spell. Yeah. And obviously, because because as as we were talking about, because sorcery has the, has all these um, advantages over regular magic, which you're kind of uh, as uh Bartold was explaining to you as he was teaching you sorcery was regular spellcasters are limited by the miracles granted by their gods or the imagination and creations and machinations of others learning other people's spells like magic missile and fireball etc um or spells you create on your own um but sorcery you've got complete freedom to do anything you want with with your with your form of magic mm -hmm. um and that also gives something for the GM to feed off of because you were trying to focus on and create an earthquake, earthquake uh, a cave-in, so to speak, inside a mine shaft that was already known to suffer from cave-ins. Um, it gave me the opportunity to create some drama um, yep. rather than because you failed spectacularly um, and the universe pushed back, the universe went, fine, you want a cave-in? I'll give you one right above your head. Yeah, <laughs> rather than going, no, you failed and you're taking a lot of damage now. Uh, no, you succeeded, however. <laughs> your, your, your sorcery sprouted off in the wrong direction, so it was kind of a success and it led to led to, to a lot of drama. Poor I think, I think that's, something, like, that's something that's, uh, that's quite unique as well, the fact that the DM can turn around and go, okay, uh, so you didn't do it how you wanted to do it, but you have done it and yeah. like and then that causes a a, a knock-on effect for mm. the rest of the party or or the sorcerer themselves yeah. and um it makes for a a much more um in, intuitive narrative as well because it means that it flows a little better rather than just going okay uh, so the universe pushes back and you're uh, like you get a migraine again yeah you you take psychic right? damage or whatever yeah. What whatever it is that the DM decides to do in that situation, rather than doing that and go uh, and going, yeah, you succeed, but it's right, literally above everyone's head. Yeah, um, um, and I'm, I'm saying that that type yeah. of thing um, is, like I say, as the rules for sorcery will uh, point out when people get to read them, um, you are the sorcerer is for intense purposes at the DM's 
mercy whenever feedback happens um because it doesn't always have to be oh you take x amount of psychic damage or you do this for example if you're trying to polymorph another creature fine you've turned yourself inside out which will be a bad day or um yeah you you've turned your left arm into a wing or um so you, the, the dm can have fun um and that's, that goes back to one of our core tenants you can have some fun and i certainly mm. enjoy dropping rocks on everybody's heads i'm sure you um, did before <laughs> everyone dies wait a minute <laughs> and it also makes animosity towards other characters narratively yeah. you yeah. manage to hurt other people with your sorcery everyone's gonna hate you for it yeah. and never mm. trust you mm-hmm. yeah and that is something that it it makes a very organic system and a very once we figured out that it's actually you yeah, yeah. No, it's not me. It's not me. i don't do things <laughs> just word shit tends to happen around him a lot yeah i don't i don't have magic just weird shit just happens yeah just, weird stuff keeps happening i swear i'm cursed <laughs> he's, he's, he's actually got to succeed on a sorcery check um, <laughs> actually yeah i haven't succeeded on one of my sorcery checks so far yeah well you, you've succeeded on your training checks you yeah the training check, train. but that was it yeah when, when you were playing at gambit you succeeded on that yeah. um, but when it comes to actually doing sorcery um <laughs> you should have just done that yeah. you should stick with cosplaying just cosplay yeah. you'll be fine yeah. Yeah. <laughs> doing sorcery outside of the classroom you've got a you've got a pretty shitty record well, I mean, I mean that's that's kind of the point, though, isn't it? It's putting the skills into practice in yeah. dire situations and whatnot. Like, um, and it, it, even so far as for Mortem and Thavar, they also need to put their skills into practice in those situations. And so, it makes for a, a really good role play standpoint. Much, for me much, yeah, this is well. the same thing. I'd say your DCs can in, increase or decrease depending mm-hmm. on your your circumstances. That's what's explained in sorcery rules. Much like when uh, Mortem was trying to drag Kada backwards into the mine shaft um even though uh Kada had mastered her spell i still made her make a spell mastery check because she was trying to do it under duress and under difficult circumstances whereas other systems magic users just go right i'm going to cast a spell unless somebody's got counter spell i can do whatever i want um so rather than the environment or some huge thug dragging you down a corridor um then magic can give the GM a opportunity to add some authenticity to what's going on. Mm. Okay, so um, I said from okay, for, and uh, just flipping over, what have you thought about your feedback? So um, obviously, I've had two forms of feedback now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had the uh, the you take psychic damage and. Obviously, I was knocked out at that point. That's because you were trying to use your mind and your intelligence, so the feedback. Precisely, yeah. Fed into your um, brain. So, from my standpoint, I feel that feedback is a very much fair and balanced concept. Um, because you need, if you can do anything that your mind can imagine and that your character can think of to use in their own words in their own way Mm -hmm. um, then you need some kind of drawback that is a drawback like there has to be something that goes okay yes you can do this however if you fail this you this happens Mm -hmm. and it's something that i i love i personally love feedback and i love the 
the idea of um, the universe pushing back on the character who's trying to do these things with this magical magical mm -hmm. force um, and um, even e even insofar as the um, uh, the exhaustion as well um, because although it's not like normal exhaustion it affects how well you can do at your specific thing Mm. Um, and that is something that I believe does it need it, the, the sorcerer needs it because if you just had a say mana based system or a spell based system mm. um, that allowed you to create any spell that you wanted using whatever power you wanted and it didn't have some kind of big drawback it would be unbalanced and that's something that and it not only would it be unbalanced, but it would be, it, it wouldn't be fun for anyone to play either because everyone would play one, mm -hmm. literally everyone. Everyone would go, okay, what's the point of playing a fighter when I can conjure a sword out of thin air and go ham on someone? What's the point of playing a wizard when I can cast a lightning bolt from my hand at any time? What's the point of playing a healer when I can just go, okay, I'm going to heal this person? Um, like it there, there has to be drawbacks there has to be drawbacks on something that is so it, it's i wouldn't say powerful but um imaginative and um able to do pretty much whatever they want with magic that's yeah that's called power yeah <laughs> it's called op <laughs> it, it is op it is yeah. overpowered like said, pretty much everything from a designer's point of view every, like sorcery took me uh, probably over a year to evolve to the state where I was prepared to show it to any of you. Um, and it was designed to be a powerful, but everything I've done in with FOA, I've tried to have those checks and balances in concern. Obviously I've had discussions with all of you during the test phase and certainly with Neil going all the way back, there, ha there has to be, have to have been an objective rationale for everything that I've done. Um, obviously some things, took a lot longer to perfect sorcery was one of them. And my original vision for FOA was a world of just pure sorcery. Um, and that is an optional rule, which is in the Game Master's Companion. Once the Game Master is comfortable with it and happy with it, he, they are well within their rights to rip out all the spells from the player's companion and throw them away, um, which is something I've, I've wanted to do for years. Uh, <laughs> and then just play with sorcerers, um, play with sorcery type magic. Um, is it is creative license gone to the max, but there had to have been there has to have been checks and balances in place to prevent it from overshadowing everybody else because all the other character classes like the Legionnaire and the Forsaken and everybody else they they need to have a place within the game. Otherwise, what's the point of having them? Um, and that's why sorcery has such a huge drawback to go with its bonuses. But we'll get away from that for, uh, from sorcery for now because yep. there is one more element from sorcery which at some stage everyone will get to to watch and see and that's when two sorcerers come together in duel. Um, and I'm looking forward to that actually. If you survive still that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Considering the rate that you've been going so far. Jesus Christ, I know. <laughs> and, the, and the world really does go, go batshit crazy. Yep. Well, let's hope one of these walls is one because he might not survive that. What's a wolf? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, we're quickly going to jump on to something else for a second. 
Uh, we've got a bit of a reveal for everyone tonight. And follows one of the people that Ark is currently here. Um, he's here somewhere. And the reveal being, um, let me find the right button. Uh, <laughs> there we go. And the right file. A, 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 first sight, a, a first viewing of FOA's uh, character sheet, designed by yeah. our very own Robert Pevler, uh, aka Morton. Um, so those of us watching should now be able to see the front page, obviously it being a D20 system. Um, some of it will look familiar. Um, we're not going to show you the other pages because some of them aren't fully developed as yet. Um, but yeah, that's what the uh, FOA's characters divine by our very own Bob. Um, I'm very happy with it. It looks superb, mate. You've done a fantastic job. Yeah. Thanks, hours, Rob. Hours of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and moving things by an inch. And then getting told to move them an inch back. <laughs> yeah, that's, life, that's life as a developer, uh, a graphic artist, I'm afraid. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it said, looks really, really good. Obviously, all, all the other class, um, all the other pages are as intuitive as the first one. Um, and we'll have a, a copy up on, well, a, a copy of the front page up on our Twitter relatively soon. So yeah, um, it looks awesome, and yeah. it fits. It fits the theme. Um, you'll you'll see a few of the logos. Um, got the logos, little emblems on the character sheet. Um, and they all and they're all tied into the, the law of the world. So, much like the all the companions, where there are lots of little Easter eggs lying around, there's a couple of Easter eggs on our character sheet. Um, so I'm not going to ruin the surprise for everyone else. Sadly, it's been ruined for Rob because he had to draw them all. I've also <laughs> got the full list for the rest. Yeah, but yeah, so. so I obviously don't want to ruin all that, but it it looks great, mate. Um, and going on, what do you guys think going forward as far as what you said, we touched on it earlier, about you guys trying to come up with a, a, a narrative reason as to why you're staying together. What, what, are, you, what are your long-term ambitions for your characters? Not that there's ever really a, a need or a point for a long-term ambition in that way. <laughs> you, might not, you, you probably won't survive tomorrow. <laughs> but from a character point of view, obviously your character is a bit have goals and ambitions mm. um, well, going slowly uh, insane <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I know that um, Favar wants to be a better blacksmith uh, that she learned everything she could from her first master and she's been trying to find more but she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for yet just that she needs to get better mm -hmm. And in order to get to those blacksmith masters, she needs to be good at fighting too. So, <laughs> so for Eric, I think um, at some point he's probably going to realise that he does need to help his family, really, um, and that he will want to try to go back to them to give them the help that they need. Um, to get back off the ground again um, and possibly even create a great house once again. More. But for now, his, his long-term goal is to teach himself as much sorcery as he possibly can and as much magic as he possibly can mm -hmm. so that he can create whatever he wants to create with this newfound power. 
Um, Mortem has no plans, has no future, <laughs> has no idea what he is doing with his life. So Mortem is a blank slate for whatever life throws at him. He and just wants to get away like from it. his home. He, he's being an, yeah, he's an adult and he's just winging it. Like everyone else, every one of us. That so, sounds familiar. Yeah. So whatever tomorrow throws at him, he'll take that one day at a time. See where the next day takes him, and never knows he might actually do something good for a change, or evil, or. <laughs> there is no good. There is no evil. There How are about just, good things and evil things. There are just varying degrees of varying degrees of moral. <laughs> just grey, 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 and grey. <laughs> That's pretty much the F the FOA universe. It's just very different, very different shades of grey. <laughs> some of them look very close to black. Some, some of them are a little closer to white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the universe as a whole tends to be a very like, a very muddled shade of grey. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where the story takes us. Mm -hmm. No, and no. how many yeah. of us survive? And how much further? Yeah. Yeah. And see how many of us survive to the next town. Oh, God. That's true. You've got a long how many of us survive just in general anyway? <laughs> how do we survive the next session? Yeah. <laughs> as, as I told you all before we, we started out, um, I'm not going to pull any punches because, well, to be honest, had Eric not pulled out an utterly clutch piece of sorcery, <laughs> dead by now. Um, <laughs> It's fine. Morton was prepared for that. Well, that was a piece of sorcery that you actually succeeded in, so there you go. Well, well, well that wasn't sorcery. I guess like, technically it wasn't sorcery because I just used Mage Hand. Because <laughs> I have the spell Mage Hand anyway, but yeah. You, no, did you, because, no, you, 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 you used sorcery. I was going to say, because, because, Mage because, Hand is not, because Mage Hand is not a reaction. No, exactly. So <laughs> I did use and it did succeed. So technically, yes, I did succeed at one piece of sorcery. If, if, you, if, you're in, if you're insisting that Mage Hand, well, yeah, sorry, five word disappeared. If you're insisting um, you use Mage Hand, then I'll just retcon it back. And yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, Mortem's dead. Or Mortem is lying in the tent without his head. No, of course not. But yeah, I, um, he doesn't need a head. He doesn't use it anyway. <laughs> That's very true. He doesn't. <laughs> well, well, we say this. He is very, very good and intelligent. He just likes he to play the idiot. Yeah. He chooses to hide in his intelligence, which is an intelligent thing to do. Yeah. People would speak anything to anyone who's dumb. Exactly. <laughs> right, I mean, Eric, Eric, Eric kind of already gets the gist that he's not as dumb as he lets on, but... <laughs> oh, he is. Because of, because of catching him in the act of thieveries. <laughs> well, not thieveries, cheating, sorry. <laughs> Because, yes, our two characters are technically linked. Mm -hmm. Just smoothly. <laughs> Just a small part. Anyway, um, I'm glad you all enjoyed the, the prologue and getting to where you are now. It was good to explore your characters from the very beginning rather than having like, a convoluted way of having to go back through your backstories. Obviously, your backstories will come up uh, from time to time. Some of you, there's been connections and links uh, already. Um, Morton might have some questions as to where were his crewmates, nobody wanted to come to rescue me, nobody cared about me, nobody was in court, 
What a bunch of bastards. <laughs> Mortem hasn't even considered thinking that yet. Pirate bastards. <laughs> They're pirates. Why would they go to... two months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and things like that. So, obviously, everyone's, everyone's backstories will crop up from time to time. Moose's got to go and find Joe. Oh. oh, we lost him. We lost Ian. No. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone, gone. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, everyone. It seems like we're in charge now. What? Sorcery to the max. Oh, I was in game master mode. You wish you game master. Roll me D20s. Oh no, I rolled the 20s. Give me a sec. You'll hit the type. Type, 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 type. He's a 12. You die. Oh no. <laughs> I got a six. Oh no, you also died. Oh no! <laughs> well, seems like next session's going to be an interesting start. <laughs> oh my god. I'm sure everyone can join us for that fun with those nice little rolls that we started this, in this one on. Yep, there we go. Technical difficulties, everyone. Don't worry, Ian, I killed them off for you. Yeah, we we rolled a twelve good, and a six. Good, good, good. Yeah, we're we're definitely gonna have to get um <laughs> shoot you still, in the head. At some point you'll you'll have to uh figure out a way to kill, <laughs> to kill no. poor Neil, because I've been told you still haven't done it yet. Yeah, you still failed to kill Neil every game. No, I, I, I I've killed one of Neil's characters in the two years that he's been playing everywhere. Yeah, but that was off camera. <laughs> it, it it wasn't it wasn't during a game so was, pictures or it didn't happen i've come close as a dm i don't go out of my way to kill any characters i just play the story and the npc if the npc has a legitimate reason for coup de gras or executing a, a player for example it's a duel to the death then that's what the npc does um sorry player uh that's life it's part of the event you, <laughs> you, you knew the risks when you when you signed up for the job which would have um, happened to morton yeah that's which is exactly what was happening to morton when eric saved eric saved his life yeah which he still doesn't know about and, eric and, and morton won't care him. and will hold you responsible for his life now <laughs> and go well screw you i'm <laughs> i wanted to die <laughs> <laughs> I can't fulfill a prophecy if I'm dead. <laughs> well, I know out of character you wanted to die. <laughs> <laughs> to bring back a character you had in the work. Oh, uh, we want that back. <laughs> oh, no, don't, don't worry. Kada uh, will probably just possess you and march you out, but maybe even get you eaten by wolves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. will save him again. Or either that or she's going to touch me up again, one or the other. <laughs> She could have done anything. Absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. I know, and no one really saw very much. They just saw they just saw through the side of a hole. Yep. <laughs> uh, anyway, it was great having you guys on and catching up. Yep. Obviously, I've done so much fun editing all this nonsense sake. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All the technical difficulties. God, God roll twenty is just utterly nuts. So was Discord apparently. Yeah, Discord was <laughs> Just as crappy this evening as well. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> all right, um, all right, uh, good stuff. Uh, so yeah, um, thanks for listening, watching, um, folks. Uh, please feel free to 
like, follow, subscribe, etc. Blah 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 blah. Uh, across uh, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, uh, Instagram. Here yeah, we have an account, but it's probably been three months. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll post um, pictures of I'm, our characters I'm, soon. I'm YouTube, as well. YouTube and uh, Twitch, obviously. Twitch yeah. being one of the important ones because where we are right now. Um, follow would be amazing if you can, guys. Yes, a, a, a follow and stuff. Anyway, okay, thanks. Cheerio. Bye. 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 Bye.